Hello, and welcome back to the Slow Growth Podcast. This episode is called How to Prevent Physical Injury from Mental Chaos. It's no secret that the mind and body are connected and always influencing each other. Something that hasn't really caught on yet, at least in the mainstream, is the crucial role of the breath in the mind-body relationship. So let's talk about that. First, what do we mean by the breath? I'm talking about the rhythm of the breath, its speed and regularity, and the flexibility or tension of the breathing muscles. Anxious mind, tighter breathing muscles, faster, more chaotic breathing. Chaotic breathing means oxygen is less effectively delivered from the blood to the organs, and your cells need oxygen for respiration, or cell breathing, which creates energy. No oxygen means no energy. A famine sweeps the body, a competition inside you between the organs for energy resources. Which organs would you prefer to win? Eh, you don't get to choose anyway. This is war, damn you. So how do we find peace? Regulate the blood chemistry. Increase the efficiency of resource distribution. Breathe rhythmically. Rhythmic breathing creates a buffer between mental activity and physiological functioning. So a war can be raging on in the mind while the body is a sanctuary gentle waves beneath a coastal sunset. Breathe rhythmically, in and out. Make some inner space and then let the space go. You can count if you'd like. In, two, three, four, out, two, four. You can breathe slowly and deeply. You can breathe quickly and shallowly, like Kapalabhati. You can alternate fast and slow, like this. You can take 10 deep breaths, and then you can hold your breath for 10 seconds. You can make it up yourself. You get to decide what you like, what feels right. Need more inspiration and explanation? Consider this. Your conscious mind is a follower, a sheep. You, as a human, make decisions based largely on your emotions. Emotions are dictated mostly by interoception, or sensory information from your inner organs. If your stomach is in discomfort, your mind will find a story unrelated to your stomach to feel uncomfortable about. Another point. Your brain makes decisions up to several minutes before you consciously think you've decided something. A researcher looking at an EEG attached to your brain can predict when you're going to press a button before you've decided to press it 
because the decision gets made in your brain without your conscious knowledge. These facts point to a pretty serious lack of control of our conscious mind over our decision-making. Since decision-making is how we solve problems, it's fair to say that we solve problems with our bodies and our brains, much less so with our conscious minds. The best thing the conscious mind can do is direct and keep our attention on relevant things, and then the brain body goes to work making the actual decisions. Here's an example. Have you ever taken a math test? If you really think about how you solve problems in that context, here's what you get. You read a question. That's where your conscious mind comes in pointing your eyes and attention to the question. If you understand the question, then an idea pops into your mind, something like, oh, I need to multiply these numbers. Where does that decision come from? It is created in your unconscious mind, and then it passes into your conscious mind, and then your conscious mind brings your attention back to the specific details of the problem so you can multiply the specific numbers in front of you. But sometimes it's not the right solution, or you can't quite remember how to do the procedure, even though you remembered it while studying the night before. How could it not come out right when you need it, if it was good when you didn't need it? Because all is fair in war, and if your conscious mind is at war, struggling to stay focused and keep anxious thoughts at bay during a test, your breathing will become dysregulated, igniting a second war in your brain body. Once the battle for oxygen has begun, there's no space for problem solving. But breathing rhythmically keeps the mind's chaos quarantined. The brain body will maintain good resource distribution and won't go to war with itself for oxygen. It will make better unconscious decisions, and then it'll tell your conscious mind about these decisions, and the conscious mind will, of course, congratulate itself. But it's all good. We will let it. Now, I'm not saying that rhythmic breathing solves your problems for you. Your entire organism solves your problems. Rhythmic breathing just keeps the conscious mind's noise from infecting the rest of your organism. This has big implications for worrying. The problems you can't stop worrying about don't get solved by worrying. They get solved by insight, answers, and decisions emerging from the unconscious brain body. We would solve many problems more effectively without worrying. That doesn't make it go away, of course. If you truly can't stop worrying, maybe you don't have to stop. Let the mind's battle burn on, but protect the rest of you, and let the silent, unseen parts of you solve the problem as they're meant to. Practically, this implies an invitation. Find your breathing practice. Keep it simple. Do some research, maybe with your computer, definitely with your torso. All you need is one breathing practice that you can remember easily and repeat often. This is what we call an effective tiny solution.